Crank It is official. The robot apocalypse is finally upon us because my new favorite robot of all time was just announced the Samsung Bot Handy. Are you telling me there's a robot named Handy? Is that its name, Handy? Tandy, because it's a handy robot with a single hand. Oh, I get it now. Okay. And I'm just fooling around. You actually showed me a picture of this robot. It's kind of hilarious. Are we talking about robots today? I'm so excited. I can't wait to talk about robots. Uh, So Samsung had some announcements. That is correct. We're in the middle of the glorious CES 2021 virtual edition where everything's virtual. And to be honest, I'm not mad at it because I pretty much only watch those blah, blah, blah event in five to 10 minutes anyways, recaps. And the Samsung one was delightful because there is a brand new suite of robots. If you remember last year, they announced their exoskeleton. Do you remember that? No, but uh, that that sounds fascinating. I, I've seen them. I've seen terrible versions of them in robot trade shows before. They actually had a good working one. There was someone in Stanford, a professor in Stanford working on those. I wonder if it's that work too. I'm excited. This is like the best show ever. Tell me more stuff. <laughs> it is the the gems, um, which uh, specifically is an exoskeleton. I believe it's to help individuals with um, the limited mobility as well. Like that's that. I think that's a goal behind it is the gait enhancing and motivation system gems. Um, nice exoskeletons. They didn't talk very much about it, except for that they're still working on it. But they decided to go all in in robots and announce two robots and. Actually, three robots, because one robot has a LiDAR sensor, Frank, and I know that you're going to be excited (laughs) about that. But before I get to that, what I really got to talk about is that I've been waiting for this robot revolution for over 13 years, because 13 years ago, one of my favorite Disney movies of all time came out, WALL-E. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I love Wally too. Did you just say thirteen years? Was uh, did you did you just say that very casually? Oh my God, that's I feel so old. Thank you. When I was in college, <laughs> when I was in college, I don't want to do the math. What year did you say? <laughs> uh, that'd be two thousand eight. So I was I had just graduated college because I was in that year round program. But um, yes, it was. It was a while ago, 2008. And, you know, what was fascinating about that movie is not only was Wally one of the most adorable robots ever, but once you got up into the world of Wally, you realize that there's this suite of robots. And over the years, forever, right? We've, we've watched movies about with robots in them. We've been sort of um, teased with robots that were not really products, really, to, to, that would we would be able to bring home. But Wally had the concept of these robots that could do one thing well, right? You had a robot that cleaned up, or you had a robot that did makeup, or you had a robot that helped play tennis or just poured drinks or did a butler. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was really excited because when are we going to get this? When am I going to get a robot that can bring me a Bodhi, like from the fridge, like open the fridge and bring it over and just like hook it up, right? And I was always enticed by that. And finally, Samsung has one because in the video bot handy over here is pouring wine. Now I don't think bot handy can open the wine because you need two <laughs> hands to do that. But bot handy can definitely pour a glass of wine. And that intrigues me. Uh, should we try to describe I, bot handy? Really? I handy bot. Uh, I, it's, it's terrible in every form. Okay. So bot handy is a cute little, um, like a skinny R2D2, like a really skinny R2D2. 
that moves around and has this giant arm <laughs> coming out of it. And what is it? Just like a normal like two fingers, like a thumb and a forefinger. Is that basically Handy's hand? Is I that think about so. right? Yeah, it, it's a three prong ap- approach. Three prong, three prongs. Okay, so yeah, probably can't do the bottle of wine. The video had a lot of Handy picking up dishes and putting dishes in the dishwasher. So I guess theoretically, Handy could get you the beer out of the fridge. It's so funny how like beer out of the fridge is kind of what we all go back to for like we won't know robots until they're getting me beer out of the fridge and then uh rick and morty has that amazing joke about the uh robot he built to pass him the butter and that was its whole purpose in life was to just pass him the butter but it's funny because we were just talking about iot stuff with all your iot fun stuff and how um very task specific devices can be built now because we've commoditized hardware to such a degree that you can affordably build these task specific things. And honestly, this is great for robotics because the problem in robotics is building a general purpose robot. You, a, a human is a good robot because we are general purpose. We can adapt ourselves to different tasks. And even with our limited tools, we manage. And robots, we our artificial intelligence just hasn't gotten to that point, um, let alone the mechanic system, the intelligence system just hasn't gotten there. So these task-specific robots are way more doable. <laughs> you know, Roomba and Roomba fetching beer is not a big gap between those two, honestly. Well, and the nice thing is that I think that we're at this pivotal point in which more scenarios in this bot world can become a reality because what Samsung really talked about in this video um, is about how they're infusing things with AI and machine learning. And if you look at Bot Handy, which I I just love saying the name Bot Handy, it has uh, multiple cameras. They almost look like Microsoft Connect cameras. I I I don't think they are, obviously. But there is a big camera on the top of its head and on the arm. And what it is doing in real time is it is processing the world around it. And it's putting a mesh map and understanding what a dishwasher looks like, what a dish looks like, where it can pick it up, what a towel looks like, where the ham, you know, where the things are, what a bottle of wine looks like. And these are very tangible things, um, you know. And if you imagine a world in which your entire kitchen or house is Samsung products, then they could very easily integrate with those systems. We were talking about Bot Handy doing the laundry. Well, I have a pretty old laundry machine. I don't know about you, Frank. <laughs> very old. It's it's not actually like ancient tech. It just acts old. It's it's old. It it, <laughs> it approaches life in an elderly way. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And and uh, I don't know if Bot Handy would be able to figure out that mechanism. But imagine <laughs> if you had Samsung, you know, things in which these bots could interact and they could do things, but they could still generalize that this is the hamper and these are things that I'm going to put in here. I don't know how Bot Handy knows if things are dirty or not, but you know, it, it's it's fascinating enough that it can be assigned tasks, like they said. Let's set the table, load the dishwasher, you know, pick up laundry, you know, pour a glass of wine. Um, and these are tan- these are all all data that can be fed in, right? You can very easily understand what a bottle of wine looks like or what a beverage looks like. You could read labels, you know, for all intents yeah. and purposes. A CPU, it could it could take something, it could scan it, it could, you know, see the UPC and 
look at a database. These are all things that are not unimaginable in this world of what uh, Bot Handy can do. Yeah, I think um, given current state of the art, it's still going to be larger objects. Um, certainly, it could have like dedicated barcode scanners for Apple's code scanners, whatever the heck you know code you want to come up with for that kind of stuff. It's a neat time because Connect is pretty old now, right? And mm-hmm. those were what one hundred and fifty dollar devices, and. You know, as cute as Handy is, Handy ain't going to be cheap. So (laughs) they can easily afford to connect level sensors on that device. And I'm sure, you know, commoditization has happened and those sensors are much cheaper and much uh, more accurate than what was ever on those gaming consoles. So that's totally fun. And then on top of it, we're also having this little neural network revolution where all of a sudden image recognition tasks have become trivial or solved essentially and the fun thing is uh we got a little bit lucky we'd been working so hard on 2d image recognition so here's a photograph what can you recognize in this photograph uh these now we have depth data with these connects so we don't have just rgb data we have rgbd data people call it rgb plus depth data And it turns out the same neural networks that were able to do image recognition are just as good at 3D (laughs) image recognition. And so we had this wonderful tool already at our disposal to recognize dishes and things like that. Honestly, for me, uh, as a controls engineer, the the general navigation stuff, we've had that figured out for a while. Uh, Picking up a dish, you know, it's harder than you think because it's got to apply the right amount of pressure, not too much pressure, not too little pressure. It's got to angle itself around. There are some very clever things you have to do with arms. But again, uh, we've been working with arms in robotics for 30, 40 years. So it's just nice seeing all that like high-tech stuff applied to one device. Well, and at the same time, when you think about those hands and those arms and those joints, robots will have a lot more flexibility than us humans have because our my wrist can only go up and down and around so much, but bots can rotate 360, you know, and, and, and just do crazy movements and get into spaces in which your human body couldn't, which I, I, which I think is a really fascinating point to think about. And, um, as it brings in this data and, and has this articulation, it should be able to do many of the tasks. And I will say the one thing that is creepy about the video, they have this really cool, um, I like this, this little gift that the verge has from the video and I'll put a video in the show notes, but it has the diagnosis of how it's scanning and figuring out where it's going to, um, pick up the dish using those depth sensors and camera sensors, not only on its head, but also on its arm that's going, but there's a really creepy part in which bot handy is, is going into the kitchen and just like kind of cruising but then there's a like knife rack sitting there and like, what's bot handy doing? Yo, what are you doing? Bot? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm just saying I robot up in here. You're going to need bot shieldy to guard you from bot handy. Should bot handy get a little too handy? Yeah. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. When is the thing. singularity coming? When should we all duck cover? Do I need an EM gun in my house? These are questions we all have to ask ourselves now. Yeah. My favorite part, though, is the personality that they they gave uh, this oh, no. bot. 
Wait, no, okay. Let's just rewind before we get into the terrible personality a bunch of engineers put into these robots. It's so cute, the little connect sensor on his wrist. So it's like not on the arm, it's actually on the wrist so the hand can do decent manipulations of things. Hmm. This robot is so fragile. It is not going to survive a kid. But I'm hoping this is just the beta one and then beta two will have better integrated sensors that kids won't tear apart instantly. Oh, yeah. I mean, and also this robot is very big. It's very large and it it kind of gets taller like it can peek over things and extend its body so it is uh it looks like it's almost five foot tall at the, at the max height that's kind of clever i didn't notice the uppy downy part so imagine people a roomba with a cylinder on top and the cylinder is able to go up and down like a piston uh that's cute it's a it's a roomba with a piston and a creepy robot arm I mm-hmm. love it. I can't wait to have a creepy robot butler. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what kind of personality are we getting with our creepy robot butler? Well, you know, they showed off not only Bot Handy, but they also showed off an update to Bot Care, which is the first one in the video that we'll put a link to. And this is sort of a more square, like helpful assistant robot. Let me interrupt here. I, I prefer this one to be called um, iPad Bot um, because it's just a it, it's a mobile iPad. I love it. This is my favorite robot. Handy is cute. Handy can do your dishes, but iPad Bot can bring you an iPad. It's not as good as a beer, but you know, on the list of grand things, I like an iPad just as often as I like a beer. So you know, I'm good. Plus, I like um, its shape. It's more of the Wally box shape. You know, it's more like Gen 1 robot shape. I like that. Not as refined as handy. Very true. Yeah, I think that this is a little bit more um, out there. I mean, the idea that we have here is that we're bringing our digital assistants that we've had with um, Alexa or Siri or Google Assistant into something that can do more, right? You could You could ask this robot assistant to tell you the weather and it could display something visually. You could ask it to start a conference call and actually starts the conference call and it can move around and it can do stuff. And in this video, they show how if you have a Samsung connected world, these are all perfect demos, by the way, of course, where it's a perfectly crafted world and a perfectly clean environment. That's beautiful. (laughs) Most beautiful office I've ever seen. But no carpet anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, but it's cool because it can like bring you the the tablet. Like you're saying, it's an big iPad holder. It has different uh, emotions because it's it's more of a, a square on top with with some eyes on it but yeah i mean what what they did is they put big led eyes on these you know characters and they they took out of wally i mean it looks like eve uh eva in in these with with eyes i mean it has yeah like little blinky eyes little squinty eyes little you know it's animations yeah it's a tr- it's a trick. It's an MIT trick. There are published papers on this. It's kind of hilarious. So people have studied human robot relations. Even though we haven't had intelligent robots, we could fake intelligent robots and we wanted to figure out what the bare minimums were for what kind, <laughs> what kind of emotional relationship will a human form with an inanimate object? What do you need to do to that inanimate object to imbue it with animus? And it turns out you put some googly eyes on it and that's enough. (laughs) Humans are sold. You put some googly eyes on it and we're like, that's obviously an intelligent creature. I will treat it as such. I will be polite to it and kind to it. (laughs) And that's all you have to do. So it's funny research like that. And um, they are adorable eyes and it's a good trick. I put eyes on all my robots. It's very important. 
Well, let's take a quick break and thank our amazing sponsor that will let you put googly eyes on anything you want in your mobile applications or web apps. It's SyncFusion. That's right. With their googly app. Con no, I'm just kidding. They don't have googly eye controls. They have hundreds of controls, although they should have a googly eye control for your application. SyncFusion has you covered with everything. Listen, they do everything in the world. I love everything about SyncFusion. I use them in my application. They enable you to build applications faster with suites of beautiful controls, lists, grids, graphs, processing of data in Excel spreadsheets, Word documents, PDFs, photo manipulation, anything you can think of. You can drop it in your app and you're good to go. Whether it's a mobile app, a web app, a desktop app, or just about anything else, SyncFusion has you covered. I love them. I use them. And they even have a free community edition if you qualify. Check them out at syncfusion.com slash merge conflict and check out all of their controls for Xamarin, Blazor, ASP.NET, and more. That's syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. And thanks to Syncfusion for sponsoring this week's pod. Imagine a Google AI control that you could just pop on anything, Frank. You actually had me going there because sometimes you pull these controls out and I'm just like, they actually do have that. I was like, they're, they're going to have it as like a, a joke, aren't they? And I, I just walked right into it. But darn it. Well, well, thank you, Syncfusion. We really appreciate it. But take notes. Yeah, <laughs> we that's have, right. We have one request. So the uh, other one. So these are all robots in development, but there is actually one robot, Frank, that is coming out. And you were, you've been talking a lot about Roombas and Roombas are what frank they're robots right they are vacuuming robots they are they were the most primitive implementation of an algorithm but designed by a very smart roboticist so they work very well but uh they've been getting smarter and smarter over the years too kind of yes. fun now samsung is releasing the jetbot 90 ai plus what a name, Frank. What a name. Uh, Jetbot. It better be able to fly me to San Francisco within two hours. I'll give it two hours to get me there. No, it's it's a it's a it's a vacuum. Now this puppy here though is pretty cool because it actually has a LIDAR sensor and a 3D sensor that can recognize objects and separate those from the floor it's trying to clean. So for example, it could avoid things like cables that usually robots get all, you know tripped up over and it also has object recognition al algorithms so it can figure out the best way to clear a room and it has cameras built on it so you can also see what the cleaner is seeing which is pretty crazy and this thing is actually shipping mm -hmm. in the second half of this year so we think about these robots that are way out there they're sort of i think beta testing some of these technologies and object recognition in things that people can accept right i think we're in we're in the the our minds are like okay with little vacuums cleaning our floor i think we've accepted that at a high level but i don't think we've accepted robots with a creepy arm walking past knives and getting <laughs> a dish out of the sink you know what i mean yeah yeah there's so much i want to unpack there um but you got me thinking like we're actually beta testing applications because I'll speak for myself as an amateur roboticist. We have developed a solution and we're looking for a problem to solve with it. Or we haven't even solved a solution yet. We we want to make smart, intelligent things that move around. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's fun. But we got to get that funded somehow. So we have to find an application that people would be willing to give money for to fund our fun, to have fun. And so... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like these companies are almost just beta testing applications for, uh, do you want one that does the dishes? Do you want one that does the laundry? Do you want one that flies you to San Francisco? You know, th- these various applications. So I think what we're probably going to see, unfortunately, over the next 30 years, or fortunately, is a lot of failures and a lot of attempts to see like what sticks. Roomba sticks. Enough people have put them in the houses. It's pretty much a safe bet. We all want vacuum cleaners that are robots. And by the transitive rule, we all want lawnmowers that are robots. Like These are easy. Farmers already have lawnmower robots. We just got to get them. Uh, But if you go beyond that, it gets a little bit trickier. The problem I like to work on is balancing robots, walking robots, those kinds of things. But I've never actually gotten able to work. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I thought I would spend, instead of a year working on that, I was going to spend a year working on just navigation. And I'd set silly goals of like, it should be able to get around my apartment. And ideally, I would like it to be able to go on sidewalks outside. But I have zero application (laughs) for that. You know, like I don't, I'm not solving a problem. I'm creating a lot of problems for myself because it's a fun hobby and it's a fun technology. So what I'm saying is we're going to have to do a lot of exploring of the consumer space to find out what these things are actually useful for. Yeah. And when you sort of look at that space of things moving around, that's a hard problem to solve. I mean, the most famous example would be like Boston Dynamics. And even then, a lot of people really find those robots creepy and not okay because they're almost their their movements are almost too human like in a way. I think that no. Samsung. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think like Samsung, they did sort of the right thing, which is these robots are basically Roombas on the base, yeah. just with things yeah. attached to them. Whereas if you look at Boston Dynamics, I mean, listen, I love Spot. I think Spot is like the coolest thing, has great applications, and just I love the movement. I love everything that it can do. Um, but at the same time, I think that it still freaks people out. I think everyone finds Spot absolutely adorable. It's yes. Atlas and his gun-toting friends that are a little more scary. <laughs> I like Spot Atlas. Spot is adorable. Um, also, Spot has had an intelligent arm for a while now. I think it's an add-on, though, so you got to spend 70 grand on Spot, and then you probably got to spend, I don't know the prices, but like another 50 grand on the arm. So without sidetracking the conversation like that's always the question in robotics it's not even the technology is at a level but it's it's what you can afford to manufacture at scale you know so these robots we can make fun of them and call them like oh it looks like they have a connect glued to its wrist and it's just riding on top of a Roomba but that's probably good from a consumer standpoint because A, it definitely is more familiar to people, but B, it's easier to manufacture if it's, you know, not balancing on three feet while trying to dance. Yeah. What do you think the realistic expectation is that these robots are going to enter our home? Like, do we think it's a 2022 thing? It's a 2030 thing? It's a 20, like, how feasible is it that bot handy and bot care over here, maybe not in their current iteration, but when does things, these robots go mainstream beyond the Roomba? You know, I'm such a pessimist, pessimist that I'm usually right. So it's another 10 years, unfortunately. Um, we'll probably see something in five years. The, the weirdos will have some. 
And then it's going to be another five years of weirdos having them and then more mainstream, everyone having them. You got to let the weird beta testers, because, you know, you'll get one. Scott Hanselman will get one. I'll probably get one to tear apart <laughs> if, if they're in a certain price range. But they're going to be expensive. You know, there, there's no way this robot is less than 10 grand right now. And we'll see what they can get a consumer version down to. And that's just going to put it out of the range of most people for a long time. And then it's just a matter of commoditization and competition to bring those prices down. Yeah, to me, this is more of a play, in my personal opinion, for the business and enterprise space. Because when we think of a world today of COVID, imagine these robots bringing people coffee into their office and managing and like having to go places where people have to interact or bringing, you know, a conference to people or doing things around the office. I mean, if we looked at Google Glass or HoloLens or these types of um, augmented reality, mixed reality glasses, those didn't really necessarily take off in the consumer space, but they did take off in the enterprise space. And I could see enterprises, you know, taking and doing some very fascinating things with these robots first before they go mainstream. Because again, you you have to go, you have to figure some way to drive down your prices and also test out that um, you know, equipment and enterprises have a lot more money than consumers just in fact, right? That's a fact. So, um, I, I think that that is a good place where bot handy could kind of come in where it's like, Hey, replace your dishwasher with bot handy. Like not that it's going to be good for jobs necessarily, but you know, that that's not its intended goal, but it could be a good use case for it. I was daydreaming a little bit about a Scott Hanselman telepresence robot in my house. So I could just have Scott Hanselman whenever I want him and he can have a hand so he can help me out with things. So, you know, maybe that kind of merger. Uh, It's it's tough. Like, um, again, I I found in my own imaginations, I have a limited um, grasp for what these mobile robots are actually useful for. Aside from war, let's not talk about the war part. I I think telepresence is kind of a useful one. I'm not sure what they'll be in manufacturing. That's a, something I always think about a lot, where robots basically came from manufacturing, but they're much more tuned to the very specific tasks that they're doing. You know, Tesla has a robot to flip a car over. That's its whole purpose in life, is to flip a car over. And it's going to do that for all of eternity. Is that a robot? Is that not? Is the definite definition of robot is something that can move. So I'm not sure they're going to work in the industrial world. So what application do they have to the uh, maybe lighter manufacturing world or to the office world? But, you know, we're all stuck in our homes right now. I wouldn't mind a robot to talk to and just, (laughs) I don't know, do the dishes. Is that all Handy does is do the dishes and give me glasses of water? I mean, it's good enough. I'm just asking. (laughs) I think that it's a very expensive uh, robot, if that's all it can do, I mean, it can do your, it can pour you a glass of wine and that's, you know, good. That that's the problem almost in a case, which is you would almost need too many, you know, bot handies around different, different bots to do different things. My house is only so big, Frank. I mean, I think what <laughs> robots are really good at is, or could they, what can they excel at is what are the things in which people are 
like don't want to do like, or, or aren't super good at, right? Like I really don't like to clean my bathroom. If I could have a robot that just every day I press <laughs> a button and clean my bathroom, that's going to be awesome. Do I toilet bot? Yeah. Toilet bot, right? <laughs> I don't mind loading the dishwasher, but I don't like unloading the dishwasher. I got to get an unload bot. You know what I mean? Uh, how about fold, fold my lawn? I, like, I don't mind doing my laundry, but I do like not folding it. It's kind of the stuff at the end, right? Like I like to do the dishes or do the laundry, but I don't like to fold it or put away the dishes. So like if I can have a bot that does the stuff after I've done the hard work, then I'm in for that. Yeah. And that I can sit on and it just zooms me around. And what else? It made me drinks. What else happened in Wally? I'm trying to remember what happened to the big humans at the end. To do your hair, uh, your makeup. It can do just about anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier though, which is there is a lot of tech that they were showing in this that we're seeing in other industries. We're seeing those 3D maps. We're seeing those LiDAR sensors. We're seeing these 3D depth maps, like I talked about, and these cameras and this technology that is in some regard um, being shown as an individual piece of technology is all coming together in something that can be very useful. Yeah, it's a nightmare to program. Can you imagine the software here? It's so many integrations of so many systems that has to work flawlessly with a master control system. Ugh, makes me shudder from a programming perspective. Must have been a lot of effort on their part. It, I was also thinking, um, just going back a little bit to the conversation of like, what do you design these for? Definitely the applications where humans shouldn't be going is a wonderful application, but it's it's also the, there's no point in building a robot that can only do what a human does. So there's no point in building a wrist that's limited like a human wrist. It should be able to rotate 360 degrees. There's no reason to build a robot that only has two legs. It should also have wheels. You know, like humans want wheels on our feet. That's why we keep getting on things with wheels. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> biology doesn't allow us to have wheels on our feet, but robots aren't limited by that. So it's, always been this fun battle in robot world of how much human do you copy because you want that general purposeness and how freaky do you get with your designs and just tailor it to that one specific task in this case handing me a glass of water i suppose i like handy i'm so excited for handy honestly um i just i don't feel like this is the generation that i'm going to be able to afford and put in my house but we're getting closer you can feel that curve coming down or up however you want to look at it yeah, I, I think we're getting closer, like you said, and there's a world in which, you know, we kind of already own robots to some extent today um, in in smaller terms, like I said, the Roombas and the things of the world. And and there's a lot of, you know, robot-esque things that um, are, are are happening. And I don't think we're that far away from from smaller ones. I think these robots might be a little too big. I think Handy might be too big where I do see handy coming in, in that 10 to 15 year space down the road. But I'm also, I also don't know, like, am I, do you think, do you think that we're going to really see a more broader adoption of robots to do like Wally esque things in our lifetime? Like Jetsons, like Jetsons, you know, not you and me, man. I don't think we'll make it that far. Uh, We are always limited by the 
power and mass problem. How much power can you put into a device of this size? Mm. And we just don't have great technology there. Our batteries are great. They've We've been able to build drones with them and some powered cars, but it's not really like you can't build a robot with strength. You know, if I got into a fighting match with this robot, I actually want to take one exception first. <laughs> I think it's a good size. Uh, robots need to be big. They They can't be too light. Otherwise, they're just a toy. They have to be able to survive in the wind. They have to be able to survive the dog tripping and falling over onto it. You know, if this thing is too fragile, it's not useful. And mass, weight comes with stability and strength. You know, they, they come hand in hand. So I think that there, we do have to get to a stronger kind of robot. But to do real useful tasks, like I'm, try, I'm trying to think of a proper useful task, but like sew a suture shut with two hands we have some robots that can sew a suture but they're so specialized and they need a perfect environment to be able to do that putting that onto a general purpose bot to where like you know a surgeon could walk up to a kid with a big scratch on his head and sew it shut um no robot's going to be able to do that in our lifetime for power concerns for programming concerns for a million reasons yeah and i think those pipe dreams that we've seen in movies. Like I'd imagine like when I was in a bike accident recently and I, you know, split over, split over my chin, it would have been cool if I would have come home and there was a robot (laughs) that was like, Hey, let me just, you know, spray (laughs) some stuff and stop it from bleeding. And let me, you know, disinfect it. And then let me suture it up. And Oh, also now I'm going to do the dishes. Like you're done. It's like, Oh, I'm going to go do the dishes over here. And you're like, thanks bot. Awesome. You know, (laughs) Bot awesome. Should we register trademark that right now? Bot awesome. Just... Yeah, that's that's the one. Uh, yeah, we're, we're not there. <laughs> that's why, honestly, it's just exciting to see a, a, a hand. You know, we've had two, three joint robot hands since I, I had a kid. I had a robot hand toy when I was a kid. So we've been building these in toy form, at least since the 80s. So we know how to build them well. We know how to program them well. And it's nice to see them applied. I try not to get too far ahead because then you just get disappointed. And I just try to accept the fact that, hey, there's a robot here that is what looks about four feet tall, maybe three or four feet tall. It's still not human size, but it's getting to human size. And that's exciting. Yeah, I like it. I'm glad that we could randomly talk about this topic, Frank. I'm pretty sure I can talk about robots randomly for hours. I'm just holding back on geeking out and telling about how I'm building a robot, kind of like the first one, you know, but I've been trying not to do that hipster thing. Um, But you all know I love this problem. And anyone who's been following me on Twitch knows that I've been in love with LiDARs lately and specifically interested in the navigation problem. So working your way around on a level surface, avoiding obstacles, that kind of thing. I'm really interested in it. Yeah, I'm I am as well. I I feel as though this is sort of the next frontier of what can be helpful is as as long as they're, you know, doing the things that you want them to do and not creepily walking by a bunch of knives in a promotional video. Samsung, I don't know why you did that. You'll just have to get a knife lock. There'll have to be, yeah, like a key entry to the knives and you can't ever let Handy see you enter the key code. (laughs) Now, if Handy could go pick up my HelloFresh box and then prepare dinner because basically HelloFresh is just cutting stuff up. You only need one hand for that. So, But what are you going to call them when you buy the second hand attachment? Bot hand, double handy. 
What do you when the third hand comes on? All the hands. Like this bot is like General Grievous. Yeah, I was thinking Doc Oct. I was trying to get up to eight, <laughs> okay. but that would have been a really low burn, slow burn. <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted um as as someone who's always tinkering with electronics and needs more hands, I literally need more hands. I want the Doc Ock thing with just tentacles that are, just have little clampy hands. So uh, yeah, if you ever see the world destroyed by Doc Ock, that was me. Sorry. There you go. That is our future of robots with Frank. Bump a dump bump. Well, what did everyone think of Bot Handy? Write in, let us know. Maybe we're talking about robots too late, and maybe we should have had a 235 or 36 episodes of robots before this. Well, let us know because I definitely did name this episode Bot Awesome. So go to mergeconflict.fm. You can subscribe, you can hit contact, you can hit us up on Twitter, you can do all the things. Um, but yeah, Frank, thanks for talking robots with me. Oh, it was really my pleasure. Thanks for talking robots at all. We never talk about robots. You're right. We're going to switch the whole the whole podcast. It's changing. Whole different motif. All robots all the time. Or not. Maybe not. Well, we'll see next week. But I think that that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, this has been another Merge Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.